church kids. So I am super excited about this week's episode. Um, I had the honor and the privilege of getting to uh, just record a conversation with my father-in-law, Terry Taylor. He is one of the best men I know, one of the most godly and one of the most funny guys that I know just all around a a great person. So I know that you're going to uh, enjoy this week. I got a chance to ask him some questions that you all DM'd me. And I I think that it is going to um, just be a just be a great, a great blessing to you. So I hope that you guys enjoy. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. This is Church Kids Unite. Church kids, so this is a highly anticipated episode. I have a very special guest, so I um, just want you to to listen in, listen good. One of the funniest, one of the greatest men I know in the world. He is a bishop. He's a reverend. He is a a he does all of the things. He's a sound man extraordinaire. He is a fisher and a fisher of men. And he is my father-in-law. Go ahead and put your hands together for the one, the only, Terry Taylor. Peace, peace. How are you doing, Reverend? What's up, my brother, from another mother? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am very excited for you to uh, to honor us with your presence. <laughs> I know that you charge people lots of money to, to show up, so um thank you for the family discount i I really appreciate that yes um so i will start off with a song association game okay okay i will give you for those of you who don't know terry taylor is an incredible singer and he needs more mic time so whoever is in charge of that put him on um (laughs) (laughs) but um so i'll give you a word You'll have to come up with a song that has that word in oh the song. Okay. If if you miss more than one, a jewel will be taken out of your crown <laughs> in heaven. As long as you get it, that's okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, the first word is enter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. You have to sing it. Oh, <laughs> I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Yeah. I yeah. just woke up from a nap, so. It's okay. I, I'm not tuned up yet, bro. I you, gotta get tuned up. Well, I'm not tuned, bro. I'm not tuned, bro. It'll come. It'll come. <clears throat> it's early in the episode. The next word is bow. Bow down before the Lord. Worship Him. How about that one, bro? That works. That works. It goes that back works. a few years, though. You've... You're getting jewels in the okay, crown. Okay, okay. It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. The next word is praise. Praise. Oh, my goodness. Praise. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Jesus, blessed Savior. Do you guys hear the rain? Is worthy to... Be praised. There we go. And you you said you just woke up? Yeah, bro. That's how you know he's the professional singer, guys. <laughs> he just woke up. Can you sing like that when you just wake up? Doubt it. I can't. Terry Taylor can. 
Okay, the next word, hallelujah. Oh my goodness, hallelujah. 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 I think everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a more unique word that's oh. in less songs. Oh. Meeting. There is going to be a meeting in the air. In that sweet, sweet by and by. How about that, bro? That works. Okay, last page word. Page 110. Ooh. The red back hymn. Ooh, he knows the page. He knows the page. Last word, Beulah. <laughs> Why you guys setting me up with Beulah, lad? You know that's the only song that we can do that's got Beulah in it. <laughs> if you I'm want like, all the jewels in the crowd, you have to sing it. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's, I don't know if I can do that. You, one, you, you've got to press through. Beulah Lamb, I'm longing for you. And someday on thee I'll stand. That's about all I'm going to do. Okay, it works. It works. Give them a round of applause. Wow, wow. I can't sing like that waking up. <laughs> that. Why aren't there other songs with Beulah and and, and them? It's just not to. It's not meant to be. It's not the time for Beulah. <laughs> it's just you know there's some things that are meant to be and some yeah. things that are not. Beulah is. That's just one of those things. It's, it's just, not time. It's not. It's not. It's, it's time. It's not time to come for forward. Beulah. Yeah. Okay, so I have been asking for questions that people had. Like church, church kid questions. So since you are here and you are a professional minister of the gospel, oh my. first off, how, how long have you been involved in, in ministry in any aspect? Oh, boy, now you're going to date me on this one, bro. Oh, oh. Sister Brenda Taylor, my beautiful wife, uh, when we got together was... Uh, we got married in October of 1998, so basically I've been involved in ministry since 1998. We got in the music ministry at our church, Community Family Church. Uh, Brenda directed the choir. I led praise and worship some. So we served there for 10 years on a volunteer basis, and then in 1998, we had an opportunity to work at a church in another state, and we served there for 10 years and then we came back to community family church in 2008 and we have been blessed to serve at cfc on a full-time basis since 2008 so you are you are a true professional so these questions should be no problem for you <laughs> no problem okay okay so the first question is hold on let me pull exactly what it says okay um it says they want to be they want advice on practical evangelism it says i'm 24 and i'm just now seeing this become popular in church so do you have any advice on practical evangelism things that you can do to evangelize your area or just any anything that's worked for you well, I think the, the best witness to anyone is the life that you live. 
So if you're not living a good life, if you're not being a good example, it's going to be hard for someone to listen to you because they know, you know, how you're living. Right. So if it's not different than what they're living, then they're not going to be interested in listening to what you have to say. I'd say number two, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Ask God to show you people that you can minister to. Ask God to lead you uh, to people. Ask him, you know, during prayer to put someone on your mind to uh, pray for or call to and to encourage. Um, you know, just ministry is all around us if we just open our eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the store, you could see someone there at a gas station. Uh, I've witnessed to people everywhere on the street, just, just wherever you're at. Uh, there's a there's a, a ministry field, a mission field all around us. So just ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Open your eyes. Ask God to open your eyes to see those that maybe need an encouraging word or need to be, uh, you know, witness to, you know, to share the gospel with them. I'm just going to take a moment to brag. Um, so Terry Taylor, we were on a family vacation in Florida Literally every person that talked to him longer than two seconds, he was inviting to a church in the area, a church that we don't even attend because we don't live in Florida. So um, I have seen this firsthand that you really do evangelize out on out on the streets and in the real world. Were you always as bold as you are now or did that come with time, with experience or have you just been that way since you got saved no i my personality in and of myself i'm um introverted i at parties at events things like that uh, you know if I, I usually just kind of try to stay in the background even in ministry as well but what really i think made the difference in my life was the baptism in the holy spirit once i got received that gift um it just gave me a, a boldness to be more of a witness than I could have been just in and of myself. Not that God can't use people to be a witness that hasn't received that, but I, I'm just speaking for my life personally. Uh, there's something inside of me that just compels, you know. It's like, you know, when you love somebody, it's like, you know, when you met Brittany or when I met Brent, I just wanted everybody to know. I'm like, hey, right. this is my wife. Well, it's just like, you know, serving the Lord, having that relationship with him, it's just so awesome. And I'm like, why wouldn't anybody else want this? It's amazing. It's the best way to live. So uh, that's probably it on that. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful answers. Um, Do you, how can I put this? Do you think that some people are shy to like evangelize or talk to other people about Jesus because they don't, know enough yes. or even if <laughs> well there it is yeah get in your word and you won't be so shy but sometimes you have to it's like anything you you have to step out it because there is a faith element involved you know you have to step out in faith and trust god to fill your mouth with something to say now again you need to have the word in in you you should be uh you know prayed up obviously but um, you have to step out because sometimes when you step out, God will meet you 
you know, but if you're never going to step out and try to do anything for God, you know, you're never going to know, mm-hmm. you know, that he can come through for you or um, there's a quote I heard, I would rather fail trying than failing to try, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I would rather try to witness to someone and, you know, just maybe not do as good as I thought I would do. But at least but you tried. At least I tried and sowed a seed. But I believe God honors it. You know, the thing of it is, it's a, it, you're sowing a seed. You're planting that seed. Because most of the people that you witness to may not get saved right then and there. But mm-hmm. you've planted that seed and the Holy Spirit can work on that person over time and bring things back to their remembrance. You know, God might send someone else, you know, a month later or two days later or 30 minutes later. We don't know. But... Uh, just step out in faith and trust God. And it, it, it is scary at first, you know, yeah. but go with somebody um, and just ask God to say, God, help me. You know my weaknesses, but in our weaknesses, you know, he's strong. So that's, again, it's, it's a faith thing. You just have to say, God, I'm just going to do this and, and step out. And then the thing of it is, once you start doing that, I've seen people, uh, we have an outreach ministry at our church and, Several of the people have said, I'm so scared, you know, when they go knock on that first door to invite someone to mm-hmm. our, you know, Easter outreach we got coming up or Thanksgiving outreach or Christmas outreach. But after you do it several times, then you, you start building, you know, your faith starts increasing. You start building up some confidence. Yeah. And I think a big part of it is people are afraid of rejection. Yes. And so yes. when, like, if, if someone says no to you, reaching out about Jesus, they're not really rejecting you. Right. They're, so, like, it's it's personal, but it's not. They're, they're just not ready yet. So I think if we were less afraid of rejection, we would be right. more, more ready to yeah. evangelize. I agree. That's the number one hindrance is rejection. Nobody likes rejection including myself but it's just like anything else you just have to shake it off and go you know to the next person yeah and because somebody will listen some you know that's the mindset to have say if you went up to 10 people uh they may not want anything to do with you they might not want to hear anything but that one person may and sometimes in witnessing like that outside uh, to people that you don't really know um, that, I mean, if you get one person to listen, then it's been worth it's it. It's worth it. Yeah. Because that person's life, you don't know how many people that person's life could touch or change. Right. Right. Because somebody witnessed to Billy Graham, you know, think of people yeah. like him. Yeah. So. And that's, that is like the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> ultimate win. So next question, I got a lot of these, so I'm just going to kind of combine them. Copy. Um, Do you have any relationship advice, any, any Christian dating advice, anything that worked for you? The people, the people want to know, the people want to be married. Yes. Uh, I had a friend tell me when I was looking for a spouse before I met Brenda, he said, brother, you can have hamburger or you can have filet mignon. And I looked at him like he had two heads. And so I was like, dude, what do you mean? He said, 
you could go ahead and, and, you know, seek out somebody yourself and most likely, you know, get married. Uh, he's like, but that person may not be God's perfect will for your life. Mm-hmm. That, that, that might not be God's best for you. Uh, and, you know, cook, and his analogy was this, cooking a hamburger is something quick. You know, you can throw it on the grill five minutes, boom, you're done. Yeah. You know, put it on high heat. But filet mignon, if you cook that right, it takes, it takes longer. In other words, it's worth the wait, and that's what he was trying to say. He's like, brother, don't compromise. Don't settle for the first person that just comes along and sounds good or, mm-hmm. you know, looks good. Wait on God and trust God. So I'll say this. When I uh, met Brenda, our families knew each other years ago. We went to the what they call the old church. It was called White's Tower Church uh, back when Brenda and I were children. And my parents got divorced so back then back in like the 70s that was you know kind of a taboo thing and mm-hmm. you know so shameful and stuff so my dad he didn't i think from just embarrassment he just didn't want to come back to church he never he didn't backslide but you know he stayed in ministry and yeah. played music and stuff at other churches with his gospel group uh but um anyway forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Marriage, dating, filet mignon. Filet mignon. So, um, so anyway, my basically what my friend was trying to say was this, is like, brother, wait on God. This girl that I was dating before I met Brenda, I'll say this. I don't know if I've told it very many people this or not. And I don't know how you know the, the much truth to it was, but I was dating this girl. I knew I probably shouldn't have been dating her, oh. but like I was trying to help her. You know what I'm saying? She. You were missionary dating. Yeah, yeah I was kind of missionary dating. <laughs> okay. Yes, which it's it's not a good thing. I, I wouldn't do that. That's my personal opinion. Now other people, you know, I'll let you decide. But as for me and my house, yeah, it's, it's not a good good thing. Um, so this girl told my friend and, and and it was like I was taking her to church she was coming to church mm-hmm. and we didn't really date that long but the thing of it is after maybe a couple of months people were saying hey this you know this girl you're dating man she's talking to other guys and stuff and 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 you know I thought you guys were dating I'm like yeah so anyway so after that I confronted her and we broke up well she told one of my friends at that time that now again whether the truth of this or not I don't know but I do believe it she said that the devil sent her to me to take me down what yes. she admitted that she told my friend that and my friend told me that so what I'm saying is you know it looked good I thought I was trying to do a good thing I thought yeah. I was trying to help somebody but the devil had a plan that I wasn't aware of until, mm-hmm. thank God, you know. And again, that's a situation that could have really gone in a bad direction. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I guess I didn't really know this girl's heart or she was kind of hiding, you know, her true mm-hmm. intent or, or what. I don't know, you know, what her motives were, like, for for trying to be with me or whatever. But obviously her heart wasn't there, you yeah. know, so... But after that, I told the Lord, I said, God, I'm going to wait for my wife. I said, I'm not dating another person. And I meant this. I was, I was as serious as a heart attack. 
I said, I am not dating another person until I meet my wife. And it was a month later is when I met Brenda. That was a quick work. Yes, thank the Lord. But I really, honestly, I mean, I was like 21 at the time, and I really meant in my heart, if I have to wait till I'm 30 years old, I'm going to wait because I want God's best for my life. And I could have got in a mess, and had I married that person, I would have been in a big mess. Yeah. So. Well, and that. Wait. The the wait is worth it. That leads to the second part of the question. Why do you think that there is a rush, specifically in churches, and even smaller than that, in like Pentecostal spirit-filled churches? Did I say field? (laughs) (laughs) Spirit-filled churches. Why is there such like a rush or pressure to get married fast? Like, what do you think that that is? I... I, I don't know if it's maybe culture. Um, we were talking with some folks that had moved here from Maryland, and the the lady said that her mindset was, you know, you get your, uh, you know, go to school, get your degree, get your career set, and then start thinking about getting mm-hmm. married. But in Kentucky, where we're at, our, I mean, to me, our seems like our culture, at least around the people that I know, the church folks, it was like, hey, let's get our relationship. Let, let me find my spouse first, because that's the most important thing other, you know, over yeah. a career, education, which, you know, I understand that, too. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just culture, I think, possibly has a lot to do with um Maybe how some of us were brought up or think about that. That makes a lot of sense. So it could be more cultural than church, but we just see it play out in church. In church, yeah, because, I mean, that's basically who we hang with. Right. Our church peeps. That makes sense. Yeah. So, last spiritual question. Um, When you, let's say, either got saved or got really on fire for God, really, you know, made up your mind that you were going to um, serve him, or when you felt like a burning call to ministry, either one of those stories, you can tell us, like, what happened that made you know, like, I I have to serve in ministry, this is what I'm called to do, this is what I was made to do, mm-hmm. what was that experience like? I always knew, probably, I'm thinking maybe I was 17 or something. I can't remember the exact age, but I I just remember before I met Brenda, I was serving in a a small church um, in the local area here before I started coming back to Community Family Church. And I just had a desire for some reason to be in ministry. I, I, I wanted to be in music ministry. That was my primary desire because I love music. I love singing. My family, mm-hmm. uh, my dad, my mom, they played music and they sang in a gospel group together. And I just, I don't know, it was just something inside of me knew that that's what I wanted to do. So when Brent and I got together, it was like, wow, because she had the same heart and desire to mm-hmm. to uh, for worship you know music ministry as well so you know when we connected and started dating and we're like 
this is it, man. I mean, I, the first night that Brent and I uh, talked on the phone um, was the night before Easter. And we, we met and uh, we talked on the phone. I got her phone number. It's kind of a long story. We don't have enough time. Maybe she can cover that on her podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I got her phone number. And, and brothers, once you get the digits, you know you're in. So oh I got her digits. And I said, okay, this, it's on now. Brother Taylor is in the door. <laughs> so we talked till like 2 in the morning, 2 or 3 in the morning the night before Easter Sunday. Oh, my. And then when I hung up the phone with, with from that, I was like, this is my wife. Yeah. And then when she hung up, she told her sister Vicky the next day, Terry Taylor is my husband. So we knew. But we had that passion to want to be in ministry, mm-hmm. and we had that same passion. So, um, and I had a, I had a, I don't know, I, I don't have, I've never had a whole lot of these in my life, but I've had a couple of, I guess, I don't know if you call them a vision or a dream. I guess I was, I don't know if I was sleeping or not. I can't even remember how it happened, but I always saw myself singing before thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that, um, and so when that opportunity, so when I came to community, because the church I was going to maybe had like 100 people in it, something mm-hmm. like that, but when I came to community and I stood there, I thought, wow, because you know, there were hundreds of people there yeah. compared to the church that I was going to, but I knew in my spirit, this, this is not what I saw. Mm-hmm. It's close, but it's not what I saw. But uh, Brent and I served on a volunteer basis there for 10 years, like I said previously. But when we went to our next assignment uh, in a church uh, outside of Kentucky and worked there, the first Sunday, um, this church seats like 5,000 people. And they have like a curtain there. So when they opened up that curtain and I looked out and I saw the place filled with thousands of people, literally, I said, this is the vision That's what that you God saw. showed yeah. me. Yeah, so... That was pretty cool. So the Lord brought it to pass. And Pastor Tom, in 1997, about October, November of 97, uh, he gave he gave me, me a word. The Lord you know, spoke through him a word to me about, he's like, I see you leading worship. You know, I see you singing. I see fire coming out of your mouth or your fingers or something like that. Yeah. You, know, you know, praising the Lord, basically. It was like the Lord was saying, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. kind of telling me at that point, um, I'm getting ready to do something for you. So that, that was like October, November of 97. And then in February, January, February of the 98 is when like, you know, the doors started opening yeah. for us to go work full time in this church. And, and then in March of 98, that's when everything we moved and served in that other ministry for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So... If you can see it in your mind and God gave it to you, it can definitely happen. Yeah, but now see, I now again, I'm not somebody that has any formal education. I don't have any formal music training. I have, you know, outside of like our church mm-hmm. people, I didn't really have a big connection with, you know, outside of community, family, church. So the Lord truly opened the door, you know, for... I, it's not... It's nothing that I was like knocking on doors. Right. God truly dropped us in our lap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So speaking of no formal <laughs> training, how many instruments do you play? 
Just let, listen, people, I don't think that you guys realize how great Terry Taylor is and this is a this is a Terry Taylor Stan podcast account. So just go ahead and tell the people how many do you know how many instruments you play? I don't play that many, bro. No. I can play the no. piano a little bit. I play the trumpet a little bit, but that's not something I do all the time. I can chord the guitar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger, I played the fiddle mm-hmm. a little bit. So, And I played the radio really good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I play that the best, man. Okay, okay. I'm really good at playing the radio. So, so he plays a lot because... And, and Brenda taught me how to sing. I will say that. I could sing a little bit, and then when we got together, she taught me how to sing harmony. Well... Yes. She's walking past, if, you, if you're wondering. Okay, so... Oh, we're getting, we're getting a message. We're getting a message. But while, while oh. that message is... Oh! Okay, okay, Tori wanted me to share. When I was in high school, I got a full-ride scholarship to, for my trumpet. Because I, uh, I... To play... Okay, so you can't trumpet. say that you play the trumpet a little bit. Well, now, but I mean, then I was, it's it's just like, you know, lifting weights. If you quit lifting weights for like 20 years, yeah. you're not going to be as strong as you were when so, you were in the prime of your life doing it. I'm going to start telling people that you are an award-winning trumpet player. Because <laughs> if you got a scholarship, that is an award. So Terry Taylor, so, yeah. award-winning trumpet player. Minister of the Gospel. I'm just going to add that to your But to please your don't ask me to play trumpet if anybody's listening because I don't do that anymore. Terry Taylor's it's, going it's, on a ministry <laughs> tour and he is going to play the trumpet before he preaches. <laughs> <laughs> do you play the shofar? I can, I can See? play the shofar. Yes, I can play the shofar. <laughs> Have you ever played the drums? No, I don't play the drums. Okay. I don't play the bass. Okay. No, I don't play the I banjo. Feel, have you played the, tri- the triangle? The triangle, yes. I can play a tambourine in any key. <laughs> yes. So, so you just have musical talent just oozing out of no, you. I don't. I wouldn't say that. I know just enough to get me by on on some things. No. So. A couple was it months ago that we needed we needed you to play something on the piano and you were like, oh, I don't know how to do it. And then just sat down and played the whole song. That was the Lord just blessed there, brother. I probably, I don't know if I could do it right now if you ask me. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Okay, so. Can I insert something? We have a special guest. We have a special guest. Insertion here. Insertion. Brenda Taylor. What do you got here, Sister Taylor? I overheard you all talking about marriage and getting married when you're young. But I just wanted to insert that what I feel, what I think, is it really doesn't matter your age when you get married. It doesn't matter if you get married when you're 16 or 60 the you have to have you have to know in your heart you have to be made up in your heart and your mind that this is forever um so i don't see a problem people getting married when they're young as long as they know divorce will never be a word in my house and that i am vowing before god that till death do us part i mean that that's a real vow to god that is a promise 
that you are bowing before the Lord. And um, so that I, after when we got married, I also made personal vows to the Lord about my marriage. Um, because, I mean, like I said, divorce will never be a word in my home. It's just, it's not accepted. He is my husband for our life. Yeah. And so that's my thoughts about getting married when you're young or when you're old. I don't really think age matters. Um, as long as that, you know that in your heart. Yeah. Well, well, knowledge dropped by the one and only Brenda Taylor. Yes, yes. Know in your hearts. If you don't know, don't do it. Okay, so funny stories. Terry Taylor has lots, lots, so he is going to share um, one or two. So draw your attention to, to your speakers as Terry Taylor shares a funny story. I feel like I should do, what was that on VeggieTales uh, where Larry sings a silly song? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if you've been in church as long as I have, you have seen just about everything. Yeah. But there's always something that tops what you think can never be topped. But just a funny story that happened years and years ago. Uh, Brenda and I, we were um, in another uh, state at a like a pastor's banquet. And this one brother that kind of traveled with us, he would always ask for everybody's leftover food. So if you had like a, you know, half of your chicken breast left or whatever you were eating, steak or whatever, he would always say, hey, bro, he's like, are, are you finished with that steak? Because uh, I could use the extra protein. He would always say that I could use the extra protein. So That is sick. It is. So anyway, um, so we were just accustomed to him asking for food. So we got to the point where we would just kind of offer it. You're like, hey, bro, you want this leftover steak? I'm done with it. And uh, it you know, was just no big deal. But one day, Brenda and I were eating. We, and I think this time we ate our whole meal. But uh, we were eating dessert. And whatever dessert that we had, it was a dessert that had whipped cream on top and a cherry. So anyway, I don't like cherries. And I typically just give mine to Brenda. But for some reason... I didn't. I, so I just, I pulled the cherry off of my dessert and it had whipped cream all over it. So I put it, you know, I put it in my mouth and yeah. took all the whipped cream off of it and I just set it on my plate. So my head's turned to the right and I'm talking with this, uh, this pastor and his wife. And all of a sudden I see this brother's hands. <laughs> I have the left side, the peripheral vision. I see this hand just like real slowly <laughs> reaching over to my plate and to get this cherry, and he would—he was trying to do it so I wouldn't see him and the and the other people that I was talking to, but I, it just barely caught my eye. And so the time he grabbed that cherry, he pulled it back real fast and stuck it in his mouth. And I did not have time to turn my head and say, "Bro, I just had that in my mouth." <laughs> and that's what he gets for not asking. Yes. Yes. That's what you get for not asking. That is so gross. I I didn't have the heart to tell this brother, say, bro, I just... Wait, you never told him? I didn't tell him. (laughs) There's some things that people should just not know. So I just wanted my brother to go on in blissful ignorance on that one. Oh, that's But we have laughed and laughed at that so many years. 
And uh, the one of the leaders in the church after that, I told him that, and he was laughing so hard. He said, I'm going to buy him a jar of those cherries and put it on his desk <laughs> when he comes into the office the next day. That is Isn't that sick. great? Oh, my goodness. But I bet his immune system is very strong. It has to be. If he's eating after everybody. Yes, it has to be. That is... <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that you never told him. Yeah. Oh, I, I just couldn't. I mean, I just, I didn't have the heart. That was the funniest thing about it. He never knew as we knew. <laughs> oh. well, if it happened then, it had to have happened before. Well, it, it's it's like church potluck dinners at church, bro. I'm just, I'm not a fan. I'm no. not a fan of these things. No. I've seen people bring in some of the craziest dishes it, it's just, it's, I'm like, what were you thinking when you brought this in? This, uh, this one person brought in uh, at one of our church dinners at church, they brought in a cake and they must have had it in their freezer for like a year. What? Or what? It, yeah, it was just like a sheet cake and it was frozen. <laughs> and so I guess by the time they took it out of their car and brought it to the church, the uh, they had red roses on top of it. The red roses had kind of melted and they were like sliding off <laughs> of the cake and, and and I was in the kitchen with some of the folks that were helping with you know putting the food out and we just looked at each other and we just threw that thing in the garbage <laughs> and then we had another person they brought in like a pan of green beans mm-hmm. I don't even think they cooked them Wait. there was not seasoning it, I think they just literally opened the can and poured them in this <laughs> container and, and they brought him there for us. And I'm like, guess where they went? Right in the garbage. <laughs> I, I feel like church potluck food needs to be vetted. Yes. Post-COVID, I don't even think that church potluck should be a thing. I know. But pre-COVID, I feel like you you need to know who is cooking and who right. is cooking what. Because I, I don't like eating after people who have pets who walk on their counters. Right, right. That's just not something that I'm interested in. I agree. Ever doing. I agree. And ever, ever doing. Okay, second second story. Okay, second story. Um, this, this was, I was in this church service, and it was really just kind of getting amped up. Yeah. And there was an older sister who was just, just kind of over the edge in general. Just yeah, not crazy, but in a sense, you know, kind of crazy, I guess. I really like how you're telling. Yes. Me. So anyway, so this this uh, sister gets a hold of the microphone and just starts exhorting everybody in this church service, and it was a service about you know like I think they were talking about giving birth or something. You know, give birth to your miracle. And yeah. It was just all amped up and. You know, the music was going, the two and four music, shouting music, and everybody was just all hyped up. And then all of a sudden, this person gets how she got up on top of this baby grand piano. I have no idea. But we had this big baby grand piano in this place that we were at. Yeah. And she gets up on top of this baby grand piano (laughs) in her 60s, mind you. And and now she had a dress on, so like nothing was vulgar in that way but like she like spread her legs open and she was like squatting down she was like push push give birth to your miracle (laughs) and we about just fell over in the floor 
I mean, how are you supposed to sing when you look over and here's a... Uh, a I would have dropped a, my mic. I, I mean, that was a moment for a mic uh, drop right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And so I probably should have just slayed out when that happened. <laughs> I probably should have just dropped the mic and just slayed out and laid on the floor so I could laugh, you know, or take yeah. off running and, yeah. or something. But there's sometimes when people do funny stuff in church, it makes me want to do what they are doing back to them. So part of me would want to just stop singing, but the other half would want to get on the piano with her and do the same thing. I guarantee you, if she said, I want everyone to get on top of this piano and stand up here and push, I guarantee you half the place would have done it. I mean, it was just one of those wild services like that. Do you ever wonder when wild stuff happens, like how do people who are not used to church or weren't raised in church, how do they, like, can you imagine that being your first Sunday yes, in church yes, ever? Yes, yes. I quite often think of that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I love shouting. I love praising the Lord. I love dancing in the spirit. I love to see people running. But, you know, I think just scripturally, I mean, there's got to be a balance. You know what I'm saying? Things need to be done in decency and order. But, you know, yeah. uh, I, I can't imagine if that would have been my first time at this church and seen that. And I've not been used to that at all. That is I would wild. be thinking, what in the world did I get myself into that, here? Oh, my gosh. Well, well, we're going to wrap this up. That if, if you see a baby grand piano at your church, please don't stand on top of it. It could collapse. I was, I'm glad the one that she was on didn't collapse because a lot of these pianos in churches are old. Right. And I don't know how much weight they can tolerate. So thank, <laughs> thankfully she wasn't a big person yeah. like myself. There's because, a weight limit. Yeah. I'm not getting on a baby no, grand. No. Absolutely not. Yes. Absolutely no, no. not. So I'm going to ask you to um, to close us out in prayer. If there's, let's say, uh, young church kids, church teens, young adults, people who feel a call to ministry, just pray for them and pray that God would encourage them, and, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Uh, before I do that, the, the thing of it is, I would like to share is stay in the word study the word there's so many great tools that we have available to us right now I love my Bible app I listen to the Bible as much as I can when I'm driving when I you know mm -hmm. my devotions in the morning um, I'm listening you know listen to preaching listen to fill your mind with the Word of God if you're gonna be in ministry because what are we ministering we're ministering God's Word so right. Put it in there. However, you do it. If you if you physically are reading it from your physical Bible, or if you're reading it from your digital Bible on your tablet or on your phone, uh, you know, like I said, listen to good Christian music. You know, fill your mind and spirit with that. Uh, there's so much availability that everyone has today that I didn't have mm -hmm. in my walk with the Lord. I mean, my first car, I got a Volkswagen 1971. AM FM radio, bro. I mean, that's it. So no CD players, no MP3 players, no, you know, Bluetooth and your phone through the speakers like everybody's doing now. Yeah. But, you know, God uh, helped me. And the Word of God is really going to help you be to be equipped to be in ministry. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with formal education, I would, I would advise people. Now, I know I said I didn't have any formal education when I went into ministry, but... 
as you know, my brother, you have been in my my oh, office yeah. at, at at church, and there's many certificates on the wall from the certified. <laughs> I have diplomas and certificates galore <laughs> yeah. on my uh, office uh, wall uh, because you know I want to do what the Bible says: study to show yourself approved, a workman mm-hmm. unto God that needeth not to be ashamed, right, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, you know, get equipped. Uh, you know. Get empowered with with the Holy Spirit. Pray, you know. Seek, seek uh, the Lord. Seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, seek the gifts of the Spirit. Ask God to use you. You know, to to equip you. Uh, get empowered with the Holy Spirit. Uh, get you know equipped with the Word of God. Be an encourager. You know, that's that's what people need so much is encouragement. Yeah. That's what ministry. When when you the gifts are for ministry, you know what I'm saying the gifts are for encouraging. Yeah, yeah. You, your singing gift, what good is that if you just kept that to yourself? Right. You know what I'm saying your gift is for the body of Christ to edify, to encourage, to uplift those that, that hear your your singing. You know, like preaching. Yeah. How how bad? Think of your favorite preacher. Like think of like Pastor Tom. How you know great a preacher he is and singer. What if he decided, like, yeah, I'm just going to stay home. You know, everybody can yeah. sing or pray, listen to the radio, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. So God gives gifts to equip the body. Mm-hmm. And that's what um, my prayer is for you today. And we'll, we'll close out in prayer and ask God to uh, just equip you for the ministry that he has has for you to do. Everybody's not going to be the pulpit preacher. Everybody's not going to be the main worship leader in ministry. In 1994... God called me into ministry. I was down at Lane and Vicky's Church in LaGrange, Georgia, or no, Tappahannock, uh, Virginia, on the Rappahannock River. I remember it like it happened yesterday. Got a word. The Lord spoke through Brother Lane that uh, I don't even know what, I can't remember what he said, but it was like God turned the volume off on what he was saying. And God said, I've called, I have ordained you for the ministry. That's all he said. Wow. He didn't say what kind. Then it's like I heard, then it's like the volume turned back on and then I heard Lane was the Lord speaking through him prophesying but it was almost like the interpretation of what he was saying or whatever he was praying in tongues I just like God said I have ordained you for the ministry yeah and that's that's what that's all I remembered and I wrote it down in my Bible so I wouldn't forget it so I didn't know what kind of ministry mm-hmm. now when I started in music ministry I never thought about pastoral ministry but God opened that up so ministry can be anything from preaching from teaching you know from serving you could be an evangelist you could be a missionary yeah you could be a, a just a supporter in in your church you could be just you know part of the choir part of the, whatever the usher team security team whatever it's a body ministry and just know that just because you're not the top person in that ministry everybody always wants the the, the podium the Give me a platform. Give me a microphone. Give me social media. Right, right. You know, but you can start your own social, like what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, you're doing your own ministry. This is your ministry. Right. So just ask. I'm going to pray that God will give you the wisdom, uh, whoever's listening to this, and direct you into the ministry that he has for you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, whoever's listening to this uh, podcast today, Father, who's desiring to be in ministry, Lord, I pray that you would just lead them. Father, as you've led me and led many others, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just direct them on uh, how to prepare for the ministry that you've uh, given them, Lord. I pray that you would place that desire in their heart and that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt what you're calling them and leading them to do, Father. Just open the doors, God, we pray. 
Lord, let them be equipped with your word, God. Let them be led by your spirit, God. And Father God, you're no respecter of persons, Lord. If you did it for me, Lord, I know you'll do it for them, Lord. Those who are seeking a spouse, Father, I pray, God, Lord, that they would not just get caught up, Lord, and just, you know, taking anybody who shows the first interest in them, Father. Let them wait, God. Let them wait for that filet mignon because, Lord, we know it's worth the wait. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening. We are going to hang up some lights, but this has been a wonderful episode with Terry Taylor of Church Kids Unite. Peace.